Yeah, Shihalud itself will now keep you keep you between keep between your uh, popcorn and your hand. Apparently, yep. You have to reach into the worm's mouth past all of their their the scylla or the 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 baleen of their their disgusting giant uh, mouths. You have to get in there to get your popcorn. Getting all sorts of uh, weird silicone, brushing every single. <laughs> A handful of popcorn you pull out of there. Hopefully, it's been cleaned and sanitized properly because there's no getting around them. Just all those little silicon whiskers touching each kernel of popcorn as you pull it out. I mean, you know they're not. (laughs) You know, you would know. You you have the theater experience. You know whatever state these these things might be in. Yeah, they're just sitting in a box, and someone's going to just take a bunch of box, and they're going to throw that shit on the ground real quick before they put them up wherever they're going to put them up. And, yeah, you're getting, you're getting dander. You're getting, like, wayward, uh, green-hued hot dog juice on top. Of, you're getting everything that's behind them counters. It's, uh, I mean, if you keep eating stuff out of that bucket, I'm sure you're going to have the constitution of a Fremen, or you're going to die. You know, regardless, whatever you're going to do, you're going to walk without rhythm because you have some sort of disease from the silicone popcorn you've been ingesting. Yep. Yeah. No, not a a sandworm on all of Arrakis would would, would be able to to follow those weird discordant (laughs) movements you're going to have after you eat all this popcorn. Yeah. Yikes! First of all, um, it's but it is like at least this one is better than their first stab at it, which was a still suit uh, popcorn bucket. Yeah, and I don't yeah, I don't want to tell you where the butter flavoring came from. That one. Yeah, that is true. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, <laughs> Let's yeah. just say it was converted from something else. Yeah. And that is, uh, you're like I want more butter. Mm, mm. I also need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Luckily. <laughs> this commemorative tub. <laughs> this commemorative still suit that just happens to have the catch pocket near the near the near the rump. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've already thought this out. Anyway, yeah. make us movie executives. <laughs> Please. <laughs> you two could have these gold ideas. Each one a piece of platinum in its own right. Let's go. You know we gotta keep it hype all day and night like this. To all my people, if you're into He-Man, the Skeletor, the unofficial Revelations companion, it's more than a cartoon. I'm here to let you know, masters of the universe, Revelations for show. We breaking down the episodes. This is what you need in before He-Man grab somebody and start eating from Evil in Clamp Champ, Tila and the Man of Arms. They have the power, so come and join the squad. Yeah, the Skeletor, the unofficial Revelations companion. Let's go. Welcome to Dear Skeletor, the unofficial companion podcast to Masters of the Universe Revolution. Join us as we recap every episode, celebrate the things we loved, and discuss the other aspects we may not have liked as much. I'm Forrest, and I'm joined, as always, like two halves of the Power Sword by my co-host, John. John, we're back! We're back. We're back, baby. Here we are. We're de right. it up. 
That's right. After uh, what seems like almost a two year, a one and a half year uh, hiatus, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. we're dusting the cobwebs off and we're putting our skeleton pants back. <laughs> That's right. Which is. Uh, arguably, my thighs have gotten a little wider, so these pants are a little it's tighter. It's a tight fit. Oh, my circulation. It's like compression socks for your whole body. Is that healthy oh. for circulation? I don't know. And no, frankly, no. I don't want to. Oh, no, <laughs> John. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> Must do these episodes for the people. Oh wow! Well, you can see just the uh, the level of uh, commitment we have is uh, is beyond uh, beyond reproach. I think I it, it, you know I'm the one doing it, so it's hard to uh, judge yourself. But if you were to ask me, mm, above above and beyond reproach, I, I agree. I agree. But, I mean, it's not just us. We're not just uh, a couple of lazy bones. Well, okay. We're not just a couple couple of layabouts, and we've just been uh, holding off on making another series for the show. It's just taken a very long time for the third part of this, uh, I don't know, is it a three-part series? I guess we'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out. I, I guess we'll know, depending on how well this one performs. Yeah. Do you think it is like will it will be like the last uh, pair of seasons, and and in that, well, this will just be the first half of uh, the third part, or I guess the the third part, and that will be a fourth part. I mean, I feel like five, an order of five seems a little short. Yeah, I feel like there probably is another uh, another bank of five. I haven't, uh, I haven't, you know. Went through it and watched all of them, so I don't know how this one kind of leaves us. Whether it's a you know cliffhanger or <laughs> seems pretty definitive. Um, yeah. You know, so, right. Yeah. I don't know. Be it. It'll be. Uh, it'll be interesting to um, kind of see where they take it from here. Even depending on how this one ends, too. Like I'm. Look, I'm always more He Man. Always He Man. Give me He Man. I want my He Mans. So. Uh, hopefully there's more to it than this, but if this is a third part for a third act of something else, uh, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Yeah, it is interesting, right, that uh, Netflix especially seems to be can- canceling a lot of stuff that some people at least enjoyed and thought were popular. Um, and uh, now we're getting around to this, and it's kind of, uh, I guess, it's not surprising to me that it it got another season, but I guess I'm surprised that it wasn't a casualty of these cost-cutting measures that you see uh, a lot of streamers going through. Um, but uh, I say it doesn't surprise me Surprise me because I really liked the last two parts of this new sort of reboot for uh, Masters of the Universe. Mm-hmm. And so for me personally, I, I, I'm not surprised it got another a shot, but based on the things that they have been canceling like shadow and bone and stuff that people really enjoyed i i, I was i admit to being a little surprised this wasn't also on the shopping chopping block albeit very glad that it wasn't yeah I, I i just think that's probably more due to the nature of animation than anything else they probably were already like too far mid, along yeah mid-flight and it just made more sense to just wrap this one up if anything and just say hey you know what? this is the last one but um you know, we're probably maybe three episodes into the order or something, so we'll just let it go. So 
you know, if you can write the story to wrap this one up, maybe that might be the situation. But yeah, I, I feel like that's probably what saved it from the chopping block. And I mean, yeah, the last two parts were super enjoyable, especially the second half. I think, you know, we, you know, there are a lot of people who are just kind of like a little weary of the, the first half of, uh, revelation but you know the second half i think brought a lot of people on board and um the way that this one jumped off it feels like they're, they're definitely taking that momentum and going with it so yeah and it's amazing that there is still momentum since it's been so long since the last part uh it is it is interesting right we had said at the end of our i have the power hour in which we um uh in which we recap the entirety of the second uh, half of Revelations, uh, we had said that we felt like this had established like a new status quo for the world, and our hope was, our predictions and our hope was for this second season is that they would uh, transition into more of a problem of the week, monster of the week type, uh, non-myth arc style um, format for this next season because it really felt like they had kind of set the table and we would be able to live in this world a little bit, but we'll get into it. That's really not the case. They, they no, have, no, they have kicked off this second or this third part with a lot of, uh, with a lot of, uh, you know, they really set the scene for what the new quest will be. And it's clear that this is going to be another, um, another serialized adventure with a, with a larger overarching, uh, story that will be told uh, over the course of these five episodes. And like we said earlier, whether or not that gets a second part will be um, will be uh, something we'll just have to kind of wait and see because just as context for the listeners out there, we're going to be approaching this by watching these one episode a week while we put out this podcast. And indeed, uh, for the next five weeks, we will be putting out one uh show recap uh episode a week and so we will be experiencing it at uh, maybe a more a pace that it would be more uh akin to what you might find on uh the television shows of old so we will not be binging it uh you know i think it'll keep our impressions of each episode a little more pure uh now that we don't know the entire arc of the story Exactly. Exactly. I'm looking for. I'm. I'm looking forward to that. Um, just kind of savoring it a little bit and yeah, uh, drip fed, please. Dri- yeah, you know, appoint- We grew up on appointment television. That's right. You know, and now like, we have to make it for ourselves in this in this scary new world. Yeah, this this new uh, new world of content constantly at uh, at your beck and call. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. I can wait a week. I can <laughs> I'm wait. Good. I'm good. Can I? Yeah, I can wait a week. I've, I feel like I'm definitely past that veil where I don't need to uh, uh, burn through like eight hours worth of something just because I'm like, oh, I got nothing better to do. I'm like, yeah, I can pat this out a little bit. Like yeah. Said, drip feet. Drip feet. Yeah, it's just nice to have, to have something to look forward to. And uh, it is funny that we have to kind of create this structure for ourselves in a, in a, uh, in a world where you're everything, the entirety of of the series is offered up on a silver platter. It's it's actually kind of tough to stay in the dark because there's all sorts of thumbnails and episode mm-hmm. titles that you see just when you go onto the page that are, you know, filled with all sorts of spoilers. 
and so it does make it a little bit of a challenge, but you know, that that's all part of the fun. It's all part of the game. And oddly, I feel like an adult doing this. It's first time ever. Well, like I'm making a conscious decision to <laughs> hold off on this and I feel good about it. I think I might have some broccoli later. Mm. Whoa. <laughs> hey, well, come on. Yeah, uh, just let's lying. not go too I'm lying. crazy. I'm lying. Literally, when I said the word, I might have broccoli later. A lightning bolt hit the side of my house. So, uh, you wow, know. what is, is Shazam mad? Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> flying overhead, Black Adam's over there too. The seat of power is all unbalanced. Oh, no. it's, it's the balance of power. The balance been... of power has been un- up, upended <laughs> outside my house, apparently. Oh, uh, it's been so long since I've thought about that. Uh, I'm sorry. My bad. I didn't mean to bring up something dramatic. Damn you. <laughs> Uh, which is to say, we should say, you know, before we get into it, this will, there will be full spoilers for every single episode that we go through, um, on our, uh, other podcast, our sister show, uh, Pop Saga, which depending on what channel you're listening to this episode in, you might think this is an episode of Pop Saga, but it is truly, uh, at its core, an episode of, uh, Dear Skeletor, um, but uh, we don't have to invo- invoke the spoiler witch, of course, because that is a uh, that is an entity that only haunts our other our, our, our other storied production, a long running podcast. Uh, but we do, you know, as a courtesy, we are going to warn you. We're going to go through the whole dang thing, talk about all the beats. So if you want to, if you have any interest in watching this at all and don't want it spoiled for you, uh, now's the time to go. Check it out, and it's only about twenty six minutes ish, so it's a it's a quick watch. So you know, no excuses really, unless you don't have Netflix, and I get that. And in which case, who cares? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh yes. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah. Well, we got there's a lot of stuff to get to. What do, what do you say, John? Do you want to jump right into it? Let's jump into it. Excellent. So this is episode one of Masters of the Universe Revolution, a brand new miniseries, I, I guess I'm, is what I'm going to be calling it. And the title of this episode is Even for Kings. It's written by Kevin Smith himself. Uh, the, the reason for the season, I guess, if uh, the... the uh, the person who, without which, we would not be uh, getting all this fun new He-Man, uh, or at least part of that that uh, that whole thing, mm-hmm. and uh, directed by um, <clears throat> long time, uh, I guess the, the the people, the pair that has directed uh, all the rest of the episodes so far. Were you uh, were you aware of that, John? I did not. I was not aware of that. So, the directors of every single episode to date, including the first two series, have been Adam Conoro. Uh, uh, <laughs> Why do I ever try to pronounce these things? That Patrick uh, Stanard. Uh, Patrick Stanard and Adam Conoro. <laughs> let me, let me uh, see how you would pronounce this name. Yeah. Uh, Cana Conero? Conero. Yeah. It's either Conero or Conero. 
Conero. Uh, yeah, Conero. Conero is not a thing, but Conero sounds like a name. Yeah. So let's go with you. So Adam Conero and Patrick Stenard, and written by Kevin Smith. Uh, I looked back through all the credits, and Kevin Smith seems to have written or co-written uh, every first episode of all of these series. So that's an interesting little bit of trivia. Then he hands off the uh, uh, writing duties to uh, to a group of, of people. Uh, this one, though, he uh, also wrote the finale, so that'll be fun. Oh, nice. Both book-ending episodes. That's a really interesting little thing a little bit of trivia for you uh but with that uh confusing morass out of the way <laughs> let's dive <laughs> on in let's dive on into the actual episode and uh first i just want to say i love those rocks yeah. the intro still rocks in terms of the music and i love those red rocks it's just so saturated and juicy it really puts you in the mood uh really sends you back in time a little bit with this color palette Exactly, when everything was super saturated and almost to like a painful hue. You know, like you look at it, it's like, oh, it's so bright and powerful. I can't handle all these red Eternium rocks or Eternos rocks or whatever these rocks are supposed to be. They're so Whatever bright. they might be. Yeah. yeah. But they're like, they're super bright, but they also got to make you want to be like, you know what? I bet you they taste pretty good. Yeah, they look kind of like they're raspberry flavored, at least mm. in my eye. And I'm definitely like, mm, mm, I'll take some of those Eternos hard candies. <laughs> Please. Uh, but that's about all we get in terms of like the old intro, because we get a brand new VO and uh, a look at some of the great classic art. Yeah, always. From, uh, from packaging and, and uh, comics and all sorts of stuff flying by really putting you in again really seating you in that uh that retro mood yeah no i i i'm a, a, a the, the the biggest of fans i think that's what attracted me initially even as a kid to like he-man toys was just the packaging and the art like the real like sword board sword and sorcery type of look like I any of these pieces would look not remotely out of place on a like a a, a van you know, in the best ways possible. Like, oh it's, yeah, it's wonderful. It, yeah, bombastic, uh, Frazetta-inspired fantasy art that uh, that really sets the mood and, and really gets you into that uh, fantasy feeling. Of course, the the intro is kind of laying out a, a little bit of a, a different duality for Eternia, uh, which is to say that they are really playing up the. Um, the 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 dual focus of the 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 fantastical conceit of if he-man in general which is we've got technology and magic and they sort of work in consort and sometimes work against each other and it's that sort of balancing act it is interesting that they are sort of casting uh they are saying like the the forces of technology and the forces of magic have been clashing forever but it's not really how you would characterize the the two sides really because Skeletor has always been big into magic and so is He-Man so th there seem to be magic and technology on both sides but it does kind of seem like they are implying that the, the duality has been sort of there is tension between those two aspects even though I've only seen harmony in the past so it is it definitely feels like they are kind of seeding that uh, that conflict as sort of the underlying theme for this season 
Yep, yep. Especially with the uh, the revolution title treatment, kind of having the uh, mechanical technological uh, notes uh, yeah. attached to it. And I even if we were, I, I I hesitate to read into this too much, but if we were to like, they show the revelations, the revelation title, and then that gets blown away and turned into revolution as a way to sort of transition from the old series to the new. It starts out as like uh, that chromatic sorcerer's uh, mm-hmm. or prismatic sorceress magic, um, and then solidifies into a very sterile technological look. And so that is definitely. It feels like it's a little bit again is foreshadowing is is uh, is setting us up for what the the themes will be in this series. Um, we've only seen the one episode, so hard to say definitively, but it does seem like that's what it's, uh, what it's doing. And then we get the title of the episode, Even for Kings, and it looks terrific. I just love this font treatment and the way it sparkles. It just, uh, gives me the chills. Love it. Yeah, it's a good choice. Good choice. Yeah. Uh, but we open on the first scene, uh, Stormy Skies. And we pan down to a crystalline island that, of course, serves uh, serves as the uh, entrance to Subternia. We remember this from the previous seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and a mysterious figure approaches uh, who's dressed like a certain floating magical wizard whose name starts with an O. Yeah, Harry Potter. But <laughs> oh, don't you mean, uh, no, it's oh Harry Potter. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, sorry. The formal name. Oh, Harry Potter. <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, my apologies. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not up on my um, uh, Griffin Puff and Slithin nor stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, Harry and Potter. truly, yeah. And truly, why would you be? Yeah. Um, do, you, do you think like Orco fashion like uh, came into being after oh, I Revelation? See. Like people were like, hey. We used to make fun of this, this 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 wizard, but now, yeah, we're pretty good. Let's let's just start making these giant hats. Did you see him at the battle for Castle Grayskull? That was incredible. He Yay. did all sorts of stuff. Wait, I didn't even know Orko could do that stuff. Like, uh, I, mean, he, he, I like a big floppy hat. Yeah, I think it looks, looks kind of dashing, and if anything, it keeps the sun out of my eyes. So yeah, you know, I never thought this before, but I could use a big old floppy hat too. Yeah, it's quite it's it's practical, really. It's practical. It's a practical yep. hat. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it has a lot of uses. Uh, it's obviously we can see the that it's just a human inside. It's not. It, it doesn't seem like this is Orko. Too tall, too. Uh, unless Orko has been really, I don't know, uh, doing that sort of bone breaking procedure where they make you a bit yeah. taller. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they they come upon a, a large monolith and uh, lay their hand on the the surface and are subsumed inside. Um, as we know, they are going to Subternia, but, uh, um, but all some, some very ominous imagery to start off the episode. Uh, and then we, we, uh, cut right to Subternia where the figure is now walking through a hallway of blacklight ghosts. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's a sitar playing. They're having a bad trip. Yeah. I've, I've been to that store in Haight-Ashbury. It's pretty cool. I mean, they um, still sell Arizona iced teas, but it's pretty trippy to get it. The, 
I think what's really interesting is uh, you got to watch that first step when you're going to Subternia because uh, it, it just seems like it's, a hallway for a little bit, and then you, uh, and then this figure falls into like a, a big old cavern. Yeah, a real nice open uh, roomy room with a uh, you know uh, uh, lovely green lighting and uh, the the horny uh, demons. Yep, the, the horny the horny apes are back. I think I think they look. I, I've been calling them uh, the you know I've been calling them apes in the past, but I, they look more like uh, yetis. So maybe they're horny yetis. Maybe that's what we'll call okay. them from here on out. All right. Uh, but yeah, the horny yetis are, are lurking in the wings, and we get scareclaws. Uh, scare what seems like a automated like warning message. Where it's like, hey, watch out. This place sucks. Don't you come in here. And it's like, that's awfully considerate of Scareglow. Uh, doesn't seem like that wasn't really his vibe last time. Uh, but I have to say, right off the bat, I really like how well thought out the they have made Subternia. Like, in the previous series, it was only very vague of, like, how you were moving through the space. Um in this one, it's a lot more clear. Like they have the hallway, they have this big uh, cavernous throne room, and then they have the actual throne that has all this like basically scareglows uh, collectible displays behind. He's <laughs> kind of you know what, kind of like your office, John. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, well, like little known fact, I do call my office Subternia. So, <laughs> oh wow, yeah. yeah, wow. So it's a lot more like your office than I was uh, was even expecting. But yeah, he's flanked by. By three big old, uh, you know, curio ca- cabinets <laughs> filled with with uh, with tchotchkes. Tchotchkes, maybe souls, who knows? And it's the same in my office, that's fair. Like all my yeah. cubs, there's at least a soul in each one of them. Yeah, a lot of Easter eggs here. Hey, I, de- I definitely. Sorry. <laughs> Just waving to the soul in the back. Just gotta say hey, how you doing, Dan? Uh, I haven't had time to like pause and really like take in all these Easter eggs here, but a ton- they kind of flash to all the people uh, that Scarlow has uh, has collected, and uh, there's a lot of Easter eggs in there. But yeah, whatever. Uh, Tony Todd's just a joy to listen to, and it's yep. just, yeah, it's just fantastic. But he's wondering who is this? Uh, who is this Orco uh, Stan who has arrived in full Orco cosplay? Uh, and a lot of exposition here. I guess, like, the only thing that you have after you pass uh, from from one life to the next is your name. Uh, so Scareglow, I guess, is like, hey, give it. That's all you got. Now, gimme. Gimme, gimme, uh, gimme. I love and, nom de plumes. <laughs> yep. And this, uh, this figure who, uh, again, if you think about it too hard, you're like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> There's, why this need for deception? I guess... Maybe if Scareglow knew it was Prince Adam this whole time, he never would have let him through the door? I guess maybe that's the deal. Well, remember the last time we were down in Subternia, it was because, like, you know, Tilo was going down there and they, he was doing all the tricks with the fog and everything. That's the other reason why we didn't really get a good look at it, because it was more like uh, using it to freak them all out and uh, placate or uh, bring out their worst fears. This time around, there's no n- none of that preamble. So I guess, yeah, when uh, Prince Adam's going down there or whatever, he's just like, uh, let's just cut the theatrics. Why are you down here? Like, what's going yeah. on? Yeah. 
Because he does say, hey, usually I, uh, uh, you know, you'll be assaulted by all your fears. And then he's like, wait, there's no fears here. What's happening? Hey, wh- who are you? And the, the robe comes off. I guess Orko is the robe or was hiding in the robe. Uh, but, uh, you know, Orko reminding everyone that he did die and, and come back. So he's got kind of a, a tiny ticket to a subternia is what he says. Uh, and they're like, hey, so hey, Scareglow, I know last time we had a big old fight uh, right out in front of, uh, you know, Castle Grayskull. No hard feelings. Anyway, we're here to pick up Clamp Champ and Fisto because there's no pre-turny anymore. Because remember, Evelyn destroyed it. Uh, so yeah, no heaven. So we wanna we wanna get Fisto and Clamp Champ out of here. Uh, I guess by just taking the ghostly uh, visages of their accessories, really boiled down. They were boiled down not as people, but as like. <laughs> individuals like, to the things that they wore on their hands like literally their namesakes like uh, imagine that's how you like what are you represented as yeah you're, if you're it was me to, yeah if it was me and, and i was represented by the last thing i had like wore as a glove it would be like uh and here i have the you want forest soul here's a light carhartt winter glove <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of pilled up what is he doing with this thing yeah, it's, it's and a grody. I, I imagine mine would be like a spectral Hawaiian shirt. Cause oh, cool! Because I do wear you know a fair amount of overshirts because uh, copious rolls of fat. But uh, I think that would be I think that would be fitting for me. I'd hope so. Like I hope it, it's something cool like that. Uh, versus you know like oh here's his nose trimmer because it's the last thing he used before he went to Subternia and it's you know it's a little little thing or something lame like that. Uh, Hoping spectral white shirt. Yeah, actually, if you put it that way, if it's not just something you've held in your hand, I don't know what would they would would they just call me like pencil guy? <laughs> like what would be my no, what would no. be my my you know what pencilor pencilor? Okay, now I'm back on, and they would just have like a glowing pen. Okay, I'm in pencilor. Yeah. That's me. That's my he man. I was gonna say, let's think about it. Let's like reveal our he man uh, names. Our, uh, our Masters of the Universe names by the end of the series, but it, we got it in one. We yeah, got it. I don't even want it. Petzlor, hell yeah. yeah. And Hawaiian Shirto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but let's let's think on mine a little bit. Yeah. It, <laughs> okay. it doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't we'll workshop work, yours. Workshop. Petzlor was like, that was quick, but Hawaiian Shirto. Yeah. Hawaiian Shirto. Sure no. <laughs> well, I don't mind it. it it's kind of, uh, you know, a mouthful. So It, it does kind of reek of first pass. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll work on it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, th- this is, again, this is a little bit of clever way to get people caught up with the exposition of the past episode. Paternia is gone. There's nowhere for these honorable souls uh to to you know to to meet and enjoy their just rewards no they are stuck in subternia uh because skeletor put him there when he was skelegod um so they're like hey you know can we just have their souls and we'll be on our way and scareglow understandably kind of based on how they left thing is is not really having it He's like, nah, I'll just add you to the collection. It would be super cool to get that sort of power up there behind me in these sweet giant curio cabinets. Uh, and so the uh, the fight is on. 
And what a fight is this? This is a good way to start off a new uh, start off a, a, a season, if anything. Yeah. Also, yeah. so the the secret is out. We everyone knows Adam is He Man. Uh, now based on the ser- like what happened last time, but it is weird how Scarecrow is like, ah, I gotcha. I'll just crush you with this giant spe- spectral uh, skeleton hand. And of course, Adam's gonna call down the power, and he does. Yeah, he and, didn't even know where the sword was being kept. Yeah, right. It's always, <laughs> it's always on his back, I guess. Uh, but it is interesting how like Subternia feels like a metaphysical place, but they make it very clear. No, this is a physical location. This is basically Eternia's basement because when Adam calls down the power, it not only destroys the obelisk, but just like blows a hole in Scarecrow's roof. <laughs> Scarecrow's roof. Yeah. <laughs> So you're like, oh, this is like a situation where hell is really just literally below. Like you, it's like in a cave uh, below the sea, and that is a. It's an interesting sort of way to contextualize where things physically are uh, in this series. Yeah, like I could not imagine all the metaphysical stuff that uh, we actually have, you know, or you know, people are out there believing in or holding and being an actual location to go to. Yeah, it's like, like if you if you took a, a flight uh, to, sh- you know, wherever, like uh, a flight to Poughkeepsie, and uh, the minute you got above the clouds, there was just there was just a old, uh, the G-Man up there himself, just, just sitting on a clip. Yeah, harpsichords hey. playing and everything. Exactly. Like, that was See it. See you soon, he points at you, and you're like, what? <laughs> what? No. What? No. It's like, too late, too late, too late. Guess what I know, everything. See you too. Uh, yeah, see you soon. See you soon. Yeah, even even, even. God have makes mistakes. Yep, isn't that right, Black Adam? <laughs> oh, they're still fighting. Still fighting. Still fighting. Balance, balance power still uh, yep. still being decided. Yep. Yeah. Still. Uh, still. Still. The hierarchy of power is still being determined uh, outside of John's window. But uh, yeah, the the uh, the horny yetis and uh, converge on He-Man. But guess what? He-Man's got uh, some backup of his own. And uh, since we already determined that uh, that Fisto and uh, Clamp Champ are dead, still dead from the previous series. Uh, we get a, a, a bunch of, uh, so one returning character from last time and a bunch of fun new characters. Well, at least new to this series, not new to us. Yeah. Uh, because through the giant hole in the roof that they have created, Buzz Off, Snout Spout, and Rio Blast appear, along with Ram Man, who comes in later. Rio <laughs> Blast. You have, I love, <laughs> love love rio blast he's like one of the first figures i remember like saving my allowance to buy because it's the perfect convergence of cowboy and barbarian and guy (laughs) with guns in his knees (laughs) guns in his knees which uh, with my knees now i wouldn't mind replacing him with that but also guns in his chest like you don't know where his heart is but you know it's at least all guns yeah at least it's like 45 caliber that's that's the caliber of his heart that's right yep he's shooting out 45 caliber lasers all over the place uh so this is i just have to say he he everyone has like a little bit of a of, a, of a, like an entrance pun to give us well not everybody but um 
but uh, these these three new uh, fellas do. Buzz Offs says something uh, uh, to the effect of like, "Who wants to get buzzed?" <laughs> or like, <laughs> he's uh, he's already uh, he's already been drinking, starting the party early. Someone needs to 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 intervention. Buzz off, I think. Uh, Snout Spout is like, I feel a sneeze coming on, which is grody as heck. Yeah, and, especially uh, how gross that guy actually would be. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And where is that water coming from? Let's not ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, But Rio Blast comes in and he says, even cowboys get the pews. As in pew, pew, pew. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know about you, John. But if I have to provide context for a pun in the pun, I don't know if that's a good pun. Yeah, it's not a good pun. Like I mean, also even cowboys get the blues. Who's 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 kept, uh, picking up on that uh, on that reference? No one. No, no, no one watching this. Not even, not even I. Yeah, I like look. Puns are bad generally, but when you have to explain a pun, it's the worst of the puns. No, not yeah. good. Uh, also, I want to mention before we move on, Scareglow, Scareglow has turned into some, such a jobber on this series. Like they always trot them out when they need like a semi-threatening enemy, where they they need to show sort of like the power of the uh, of the heroes at that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's your other skeleton-faced buff right person, you know. So like, you know, when so you're strange. In- that attorney has so many of these guys. Yeah, like they might want to check what's in the water or something. Just saying. Yeah, what's happening to everyone's faces? Yeah, yeah, because like it, there's there's two, and I feel like honestly this might be a bold statement, but I'm gonna say it anyway because you know I got the hot takes. Um, I think two too many. <laughs> two, two skull-faced people is too too many. I know they might want to. Yeah, I mean, I realize this is just a, a, a like a result of having like a mold of Skeletor that you want to make a new figure out of and don't really want to change all that much. I appreciate that. There is, there is, uh, I think an extreme amount of charm in like the characters that were created from obvious sort of leftover parts and. And just f- for a sort of more of a cost-saving measure, that's kind of what I love about He-Man. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. takes a little bit out of the wind out of uh, Skeletor's sails a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Like I just mean, a as, little bit. Like especially since like Scareglow's head glows kind of green too. You know, kind of like this greenish, yellowish hue, and and it's also Skeletor's bag. So like. Uh, I don't know what alternative you could do to give Scareglow something scary. Like, I mean, the skull is the 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 ultimate. Like, I don't know what the penultimate version of Scareglow would be. Maybe just like some sort of demon head. But yeah, I mean, I take I, it. But he, I mean, he is adequately powerful enough. You know, he's able to kind of. He seems like he's able to hold his own a little bit with He Man, and that that's yeah. important versus say yeah. like you know Blade or. You know, like Beast Man or something, who just, you know, technically would never hold a candle to He Man's like power level. Yeah, Beast Man also not uh, featured in this episode. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Uh, exactly. I, it is it is interesting though about Scarlow. I I don't know. Uh, but you know, like it or not, Scarlow is very much a part of uh, these series, especially. Um. 
But then we cut up to the skies of Eternia. The skies specifically over the uh, this this smoldering hole into the underworld. And uh, as we realize that the heroes ha- may have made a very dramatic entrance, but they have also opened up what is essentially a hole to hell. Uh, and so the uh, the shadow beasts, aka the horny yetis, uh, congeal into some horny drakes, and they're off to the skies. Uh, I guess at, at that point you really should cut to like I don't know Rio Blast and be like, uh oh, probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> uh, we, we made a bad mistake. I've whoops. got the blues again. <laughs> I mean the pews. The pews. In, the pew, 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 pew. Which, of course, is the sound a laser gun makes, of which I have several. Uh, <laughs> Including replacing vital organs. It that's hurts right. to talk and shoot at the same time. Ow. <laughs> I've got a quarter of a lung in there. It's hard to breathe. I'm Rio Blast. Should pew, I, pew. Should I be this low below sea level? This is terrible. <laughs> I'm feeling dizzy. Uh, but it turns out that that's not such a... I mean, it's not really going to be all that big of a deal, all these horny drakes getting out of the... Uh, the coming out of the hellhole. Uh, nope, because a giant new toy appears in the sky. Uh, the Cloud Crusher, as we'd learn it's called, appears, and it's looking toyetic as hell. Yep. Um, and uh, who should be... Who is responsible for this amazing headshot that has landed on one of these uh, on one of these horny drakes? It's Randor himself. He's up in a big old turret, just blasting away, having really uh, a great time bragging about his uh, his skill at this uh, turret, um, and really you know opening himself up to attack by one of these horny drakes. But it's okay because. The Hulkbuster. <laughs> I, now, I was really surprised by this crossover, but I'm for it. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's strange. I never thought, especially because like of the ownership and the rights and stuff, that Marvel would ever uh, appear in Mas- the Masters of the Universe universe. But sure enough, it's Hulkbuster. Uh, and Andra is piloting it, the, uh, the new man-at-arms. Um, just kidding. It's not actually Hulkbuster, regardless of the fact that it looks just like it. Uh, no, it's a new man of uh, man at arms type power armor that Andra has created. Uh, but Andra's like, nah, don't want this. I'm just gonna jump right on, <laughs> right on this sky sled. <laughs> Let me get out of this armor thing and put myself in the most unarmored, scariest yep. looking vehicle. <laughs> and we know it can fly, so like this transition really makes no sense. But it's really just there to uh, leave the leave the uh, Hulkbuster behind so uh so Randor can can kinda eye it. And like, oh, oh yeah. Look looks, at this interesting thing. That looks kinda nice. Yeah. Yeah, I really love the like when Andra's uh, also the the <laughs> I thought of the um Andra's little bit of uh like um uh for not foreshadowing, uh of exposition here where she jumps out of the Hulkbuster and is like, uh, hope you like the Cloud Crusher. I made it. Anyway, <laughs> Sky Sleds with me. And it's off. And it's like, clearly, surely Randor already knew that. Like, they had talked. They must have talked a little bit. Unless they just, like, kind of sit. Him and Andra just sat in separate rooms, totally silent before this moment. And he had no idea who made this giant ship 
never curious about it. Just like, oh, well, whatever. Uh, I thought I it mean, was really. I know it's for us, but still. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was interesting when they were talking about house oversight spending and stuff. That was a real weird <laughs> split to talk about how this thing was made. Yeah, twenty minute diversion about how like how the budget was uh, was you know uh, uh, secured to create the cloud crusher was uh, it seemed like a little much to me, but I do appreciate world building. So what am I gonna do? Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you need to see a form. You know? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. How would you know otherwise? Exactly. Um, but we're back. Uh, we're back to Subternia. Uh, he Man and Scareclo are. Uh, I keep saying. St- Scare glow. I'm not sure why, but it's scare glow. I want. I guess I'm trying to. I want to see. I want to say scarecrow, but then like halfway through it, I'm like, nope. That would be scary though. Picture a glow in the dark crow head on top of that real buff body. Oh wow. Okay. I think you have. You may have just. You may have just like plussed it up in a very nice way. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay. Like that be that would be creepy, and then he could have like a like a like a crow feather cape. Yeah. You know, type of thing and like that really like oh my god he's the, he's the arbiter and ruler of sort of hell yeah that's right kevin smith i know you're listening so yeah. you know if you want to come on the show we can pitch pitch you uh scarecrow glow um <laughs> the name could change we're not married to that name but we're you know just just the concept if you want us to pitch it to you just come on the show well we'd love to have you love to have you um but uh, back down, you know, Scareglow falls into the toxic ooze and uh, and be- reemerges as a giant skeleton. Uh, and the fight keeps getting escalated from there. Uh, uh, finally, speaking of toxic, finally, uh, Hulkbuster, uh, Hulkbuster Randor and He-Man get like a nice touching father and son beat him up moment. Um and uh maybe the first interaction that they've had now that he's now that he's secure in the fact that he knows his son is the uh the champion and uh it is no longer being toxic towards him they have a very nice i I just like this moment that they had uh, together no i'm with you i'm with you it's it's nice to have completely cleared air no secrets between them you know, not a of, single secret. No yeah. one's keeping anything from every anybody, At and things all. are all on the table. This is, this is nothing. Everything's coming up. Randor and uh, Adam. You know, the, yeah. the, the love, the growth, the everything. It's great. It's great. Yeah, I just love that they aren't keeping a single secret <laughs> at all. This is nice. It's nice. Versus the last, you know, two parts. It was nothing Ugh. but secrets left and right. No yeah. secrets here. Zero. Uh, and, uh, I think, uh, this giant, I guess it's not, Scarlow may have not have turned into the skeleton because Scarlow is fine later, but he did summon the skeleton. Um, and it's kind of short lived because He-Man just kind of jumps through its rib cage and destroys it. I mean, that tracks for He-Man. Yeah. It seems like a He-Man thing to do. Big thing. I kind of wish he would have yeeted the giant skeleton through the hole in the room. Yeah, that would have been. Oh, that would. Well, that would have been like my, that. Might have been scary, like because he gets yeeted through the hole in the roof, and then you know what happens a little bit later. Do you really want that thing just like out just about? a giant, <laughs> like, giant green skeleton up there? Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah, fair. just like just picture you just like you on your boat, 
You're on Eternia. You're just sailing around. And then this giant skeleton's doing like the backstroke to get to shore. Just saying, like, uh, uh, keep it down in the subternia pit, please, please. Yeah, right. Uh, But Scareglow gets his hands on those sweet collectibles uh, that he wants, that he's just hoarding these these awesome collectibles, and then turns them into sort of Scareglow versions of both of those things, and also turns himself into what looks like a, I'm going to say like a spider centaur, uh, who's like big on top, small on bottom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely off balance. <laughs> it is a weird, like, you transform yourself into something a little more effective, and this seems, like, less effective than his other form. It's, But that's always the, like, the transformation conceit. It's like, I'm going to turn yeah, into something true. bigger. It's going to be a rack like right it's going to be multi-limbed yeah. in some form or fashion that's that's how you know like i i've I, i've taken off the the kid gloves i guess but uh yeah i mean this is an interesting transformation he's a little you know, he's a little like four little legs he's walking around and the changing of uh, fisto's fist and clamp tramps clamp into like these weird pseudo gross bioorganic looking things uh, pretty good take yeah. But, it, but again, they don't really seem to phase uh, He-Man too much. No, He-Man is like, guess what? I don't even need the sword for this one. I'm just going to hit you with the pommel, some just some uh, some crushing blows, and then I am going to deliver a knee to your skull face so devastating that I was really much, I was very, very much like, uh, is Scareglow going to be okay? <laughs> <laughs> Because his face, it gets so smashed. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a big quad. It's a big quad and a healthy knee. And, <laughs> and you got, like, no skin or helmet. Like, this this new form of him had nothing to protect his upper. Nope. <laughs> at all, not, right? even a, not even a flimsy hood like Skeletor gets. Yeah, it's something. Um, like and then we, yep, anything. Just, like, any sort of, like, a detective's hat, whatever, something. Uh, but we get our first shot next of the the brand new sorceress, uh, Tila. Now, uh, as if you'll remember from the la- the end of the last series, has has uh, adopted the mantle from her mother and become the new sorceress. This sorceress, as we can see from this, is not just confined to Castle Grayskull, but is out there uh, doing her thing in the field. And uh, this is the premiere of uh, uh, Melissa Benoist as uh, filling in for Sarah Michelle Geller in the role and uh, doing an admirable job. And I think you uh, we watched it earlier and you had mentioned that this is not it was it was just because Sarah Michelle Geller was just busy with other stuff and could not make the taping. So Melissa Benoist uh, had to jump uh, had to step in and is doing a great job. Yep. Yep, I had no, no complaints here. Felt yeah. lockstep and right into it. And uh, happy again how uh, Revelations let, uh, left us off. Sorcerer's no longer confined. It's going to be re- like, I mean, now picture the combined power of Evan He-Man and the Sorcerer's being able to yeah. like, fight Yeah, woe to be a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. With this, with this duo running around. Yeah, that, that's, the, that's, the S, that's the super squad right there. Like I, I'd be like, sorry, real blast. I got the sorcerers. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe next time. Pew, pew. I mean, sorry, buzz off. <laughs> what are you even doing here? 
Nah, you bring Buzz off. Yeah, they, the real blast can't even fly. Buzz off naturally flies. I'm just saying. That's you know, that's a fair point. And um, there are some people who are allergic to bees. Like it's it's good. You bring Buzz off with you, but real blast. I mean, yeah. I mean, again, he's got guns in his kneecaps. Something that I wish I had, just because my knees are so bad right now. But yeah. you know, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bringing them to the big fights. I'm just saying. I gotta bring Maybe them to hell fight. Maybe Snout Spout gets left in the. <laughs> Kids left in the bullpen. Yeah, I mean, no one knows where that water's coming from. Yeah, and no one orange. knows. Yeah, we we don't ask. We don't want to know. Yeah, exactly. Frankly, we don't want to know. We don't. We just don't want to know. No. Uh, but uh, the sorceress is here with a devastating AOE. All the horny yetis are uh, uh, have been uh, obliterated, and uh, they got what they came for. They got the spectral clamp and the spectral fist, and uh, they're out of there. And so they're going up, you know, right up through the hell hole, which they came down uh, through. But uh, Scareglow isn't done yet. He nope. wants to initiate round two, and he's bringing all the power of hell with him. And he's flying up through that hole. He's going to burst out of that hell hole. Psych! Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes a big old H-door that, uh, you know, stops him right villain, mid-villain monologue. Uh, I laughed. You laughed. Yep. Everybody laughs. Very yep. funny. Yeah, it's very funny. I love the fact that it's kind of sort of shaped like He-Man's battle armor uh, chest plate a little bit. It's got like the you know it's got the same big old H on it. So you know He-Man's definitely branding and stuff a lot more right now. Yeah. Um, but I also like the addition of okay, here's something, and uh, again, kind of talking to the notes that you mentioned earlier with the, the even more acknowledging the technology and magic at the same time. As this metal plate goes over there, you can also see uh, Tila like, putting like an incantation on top, like a magical seal on top of the mechanical seal as well. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I like that. I like that. It was also cool seeing like the interplay between the, the brute force powers of He-Man and the magical powers of the Sorceress. Again, like this... Well, we're going to be getting to it. This this episode takes a, a hard right turn, yep. uh, but uh, the I really was loving this whole like just you know the team out there introducing new toys and like going on adventures. It's just what I wanted to see. So you can imagine my delight at just the uh, the intro to this. Um, and indeed, my delight is shared by everyone on the Cloud Crusher as they. Uh, as they they leave the the site of their um, a successful adventure, but not all is well, as Randor begins to get dizzy, and he collapses in the arms of his son, the champion He Man, aka Prince Adam. Um, and we uh we we don't get long to to live in this uh this the shocking turn of events because we uh, cut directly over to an all teched out Snake Mountain. They're having a heck of a rave. Yeah. Uh, here in, in the Snake Mountain. And, yeah. uh, go ahead. Now, I was going to say, I don't know how I feel about this techno uh, plus up to uh, Snake Mountain yet. I I'll tell you right now, John, uh, I miss old Snake Mountain. I hate yeah. to feel, I hate to sound like somebody who is, uh, you know, yelling, just, at clouds. Uh, yeah. yelling at clouds and treasuring the past, but the fact that, uh, that we don't get old snake mount I, I i don't know it just you know they just put a bunch of neon lights on it and it, but it's uh, i don't know yeah uh, no, i'm not saying the art is bad i just I, i'm just missing 
Meanwhile, yeah. in Snake Mountain. That's what I'm missing. Yeah. Agreed. Um, we are in agreement here. Good. I'm glad to know that. Yes. Now, John, you, uh, when we were watching this together, uh, you pointed out this guy as uh, too bad. Yeah. Uh, the subtitles called him Badra. Badra? Is mm. it? Could they have changed it? Or is that just uh, wrong subtitles? Uh, I mean, to be fair, it's probably maybe Badra is. Well, okay. So, oh, no, Badra is the purple one, and then Tuvar is the blue one. But and that's how you get too bad. Yeah, okay, too bad, so it yeah. must have just been Badra who was talking, talking, and that's why they were. That's why they attributed that. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, they're both they 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 are they were two warriors who were literally like fused together. Uh so they are two they are two separate people but they got to uh, fuse together. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I did not remember their actual their individual names, but that makes a ton of sense now. Uh so we see Too Bad arguing with himself, uh you know, just lamenting the fact that they decided to go to Skull Mountain for work, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, they're kind of like, um, I won't say they're like bounty hunters, but they're definitely like mercenaries. They're, I see. They're, they're uh, like, I want to say Tuvar is like some gladi- gladiator fighter, or he was or something, and the other one was like a bounty hunter or something. I'm, I, I'm not remembering. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think they are bounty hunters in the, uh, they were bounty hunters for sure in the 2000X series, so I'm not necessarily sure if they're serving the same case in this one or not, but that's I what see. they were. Uh, but it, again, a brilliant cameo, a nice little, uh, just an opportunity for us to be the Leonardo DiCaprio gif of pointing at the television, being like, oh, cool, this guy. <laughs> uh, but uh, they're led into uh, the throne room we recognize as, as once housing the statue of the Mighty Motherboard, now the physical embodiment of the Mighty Mother- Motherboard. And uh, we hear the dulcet tones of Mark Hamill as Skeletor pontificates about uh, just being humili- just being sad that he spent so much time chasing that magic dragon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He And just say, hey, you know, I never was able to get He-Man uh, despite all of... Uh, and I blame that on myself. Not my dumb spells because magic is dumb and technology rules. Yep. So Skeletor... Uh, Showing us that he has had an even more villainous turn as he is now a tech bro. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought this was a real uh, brave uh, design change when they gave him like a puff fest, a Patagonia puff fest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> that's very interesting, but you know, I'm for yeah, it. Very modern, weird, but it is, uh, yeah, like you said, very, very comfortable and very brave uh, mm-hmm. from a design standpoint. No, um, but uh, he uses his arm that is kind of like a it's it kind of reminds me of like akira or like you know those moments in akira where uh tetsuo is having a big old uh you know a flesh arm yeah it's a it's it's weird because it's like a fusion of his havoc staff yeah or you know it's got that same uh, visage but yeah that biomechanical combination including like the you know the the piping uh, the, yeah, the transformation, he's got tubules. Like, yeah, coming out of the mouth and stuff. That was real, like real grody. Real yeah, grody. And he, 
he inter- instantly borgifies uh too bad um who are now uh tech bad i don't know we'll think about it we'll see what if he has a new <laughs> we'll see in the the credits if he's got a new name uh or or not but uh he kind of gives Skeletor kind of gives a speech and and it's like all oh, praise the mighty motherboard and then motherboard's like great great job now everyone get out get, including get out, including uh Skeletor and he's like oh you know th- there's a real weird like cultish and this is all a cult obviously with all the people in the ro- robes but like um you know sh- she makes mighty motherboard makes uh Skeletor refer to her as mother and then she mentions uh, uh, the father, and we're like, "What? I, yeah. What's a father board? I don't I've never heard of that." Yeah, I don't know. I don't have one in my computer, so it's new to me. Yeah, but she uh, she kind of like creates a holodeck, uh, kind of like a rudimentary like uh, red wireframe holodeck, and projects herself onto the bridge of a massive ship. Yeah, and uh, we hear the dulcet tones of. Keith David, so many good voice actors in this in this series. Yeah, this is this is this is loaded to bear, for sure. <laughs> Truly, it's like if you if you're looking for the the Madden like team of voice actors when you're you sitting there playing, this is it. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. <laughs> like you're getting everybody. Um, oh yeah, no, hey, Keith David. Whenever you get him, you know you're you're in for a good time. You're you're in for a good time, and he really is uh, chomping on, uh, chomping on this in, in the best ways possible. Oh yeah, just like tons of poetic alliteration in his speech. Um, and uh, as his chair slowly spins around, not like we couldn't tell from all the accoutrement on the sh- the bridge itself, but this is indeed Hordak, and Hordak has been given a heck of a glow up. Yep. Looks very terrifying and in truly the best way. I actually was really in love with this, this design. Really loved it. Yeah, I, I like this. I wonder if this is like casual Hordak, because you know it it's very yeah. It's not like the armored pieces that you're normally used to seeing Hordak. It's more like Roby and stuff. And he's just like, well, I'm on my ship. I'm relaxing. You know, I'm gonna watch some TV after this, so I'm not trying to wear all that heavy stuff. But I re- I do really enjoy this uh, redesign. Yeah, I do too. Looking just fantastic, uh, and it's like the the combination of that and you know Goliath from Gargoyle's voice <laughs> coming yeah. out of him is just like is just Chef's kiss delightful. Uh, really, really liked it. Um, but now we have like those our our tables are set. Hordak is the one pulling the strings here and uh, trying to convert Eternia to these. Uh, an army of tech bros uh yeah hordak's got a brand new uh (laughs) he's got a brand new uh coin on uh (laughs) on the blockchain and uh nfts that attorney is gonna go crazy for and uh just you wait he's uh he's he's coming and preaching the uh he's he's preaching the gospel of blockchain yep and fungible uh, what that's right (laughs) money as you know it is god attorney um but uh a great reveal uh, we don't get a lot, but we cut from there back to Eternio City, the Palace of Eternia, 
uh, looking better than uh, ever. Really, that you could tell the that they got a couple more uh, a couple more pennies to rub together on this um, on the this third season because uh, everything seems to have gotten a little bit of a glow up and turning, including this uh, this this establishing plate. Um, but, uh, you know, we don't get a lot of time to sit in that sort of bask in the, the beauty of, of this, this great painting, uh, until we're inside the uh, bed chamber of King Randor going through a really, man, was this scene tough. It was basically, we have Mendor on the scene and he's delivering some bad news. There's organ failure, which is, I have to tell you, John, it's a phrase I never thought you'd get in a He-Man cartoon. He cartoon at all. Yes, 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 exactly. Like there, there's a few terms I never thought I'd hear in Eternia. Definitely organ failure, uh, fibromyalgia, you know, sciatica. These are things I just imagine that Eternia has eradicated, but not in this case. This, this, this was a uh, this was deeper than I was expecting. Yeah, you he mentioned they don't mention the organ by name, but you have to assume that he's talking about just the fact that Randor had a massive heart attack. The way that Mandor, Randor like acted, the the um and the fallout uh feels like I mean, if you the, again, this was written by Kevin Smith, and if you have been following his career, you know mm-hmm. that not too long ago, uh he himself uh suffered a massive heart attack. Uh, one that doctors call the Widowmaker because of its uh, its striking mortality rate, uh, and he you know it lived through it and it was it caused a big change in his uh, his life. You have to imagine that this is uh, this is an experience that uh, has inspired this change in this uh, show, but uh, I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't ready. Episode one of this new series to, for uh, Randor to have an incurable medical condition. Yeah, I like it was weird. Like uh, the on the cloud crusher and everything, I was like, "Oh, he's talking." I was like, "I think Randor is getting taken out." But maybe you know they'll 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 pad this out for a couple of episodes before this this happens. But they're like, nope. Now you're getting <laughs> this right now. You're getting yeah, this right. and they you know they definitely are kind of heading a lot of our questions off in the past. They're saying, uh, you know. Prince Adam is immediately like, Tila, you know, use your magic. Bring him back to life. You literally, I died. You literally went to heaven and pulled, plucked me from heaven, and I, now I am alive again. Uh, so surely you can do that here, too. And she starts using her source, uh, her magic. Uh, and Randor's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got debts, and I don't want to pay them. So. Yep, he's just like, even if you could... I don't want you to. That's never really interrogated all that much. He basically says, "Hey, the, you know, everyone dies, and so this is this is my time, and this is what I I want to uh, happen." Uh, it is revealed that that whole uh, bit with the Hulkbuster was really just kind of like a make a wish thing for uh, Randor, and uh, the scene ends with. Uh, the rest of the, the the people gathered there being ushered out because Randor just wants to have a, lo- a minute alone with his his family, um, but uh, so Tila is is ushered out of the room and you know she puts her hands against the door and is feeling very uh, defeated 
but then uh, a glint of determination appears in her eyes, and then we cut over to Castle Grayskull. And uh, Tila is casting a mega spell. It's, you know, shooting light rays out of the ceiling. You know this is some serious stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't work. And uh, so uh, we get, the, then we get the exposition. It's like, what is she even trying to do? Obviously, Randor said, hey, I, I don't want to be revived. So is she ignoring his wishes and, and trying to resurrect him uh, with, with uh, you know, arcane practices behind his back? Turns out, no. She is trying to recreate Preternia because, as was established earlier, if Randor dies now, there's no great reward for him anymore. He just goes, is, you know, either he just is gone from existence and does and no longer, and just there's nothing for him. He goes into nothingness. Or, uh, I, I suppose that Clampchamp and Fisto were specifically sent to, uh, were specifically sent to um, Subternia by Skeletor. So yep. Randor's probably not being added to Scareglow's collection, but all the same, you know, uh, Tila's he, like, he is- I, was tr- I was trying to do this for, uh, for Fisto and Claptrap, uh, but I was like, I could, you know, they're already gone. I can take my time, figure it out. But now that the king's about to die, I gotta get, my- <laughs> I gotta get the let out. I gotta figure it. I gotta. I gotta do this quick. And it's a. It, I mean, honestly, it's a real nice, like, sentiment. Like trying to find him a a a, a, a deserving resting place, since you know you, we don't really know what happens to these great heroes and champions who normally go to Preternia since they no longer exist after getting yeah. wiped out. So you're just like, oh, what does happen? Does like, does like Randor's like ghost travel the you know the rest of Eternia for the rest of his days trying to be like please get me somewhere else maybe he just like haunts their bedchamber and like every night he shows up and he's like don't hook up with anyone else (laughs) I'm watching all the time Uh, Tila you better hurry up and figure out how to get Preternia back on need to get get this dude out of here he's killing all sorts of moods (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I see you installing tinder on your attorney phone don't do it no, no, no. no swiping <laughs> yeah uh, uh we, we we make light because this was very uh traumatic while watching it <laughs> it's a it is a very heavy first episode i was not expecting us to go this i had i really had no expectations previous uh, prior to watching this episode to this uh watching this episode and i i don't know if i could have ever expected this but uh um but uh we are you know she can't do it unfortunately and orko is like hey you know maybe you should talk to your mom she was sorceress for like a really long time and probably could help you out and Tila's like, mm, no, I want to do it myself. And Orko's very much encourages her to please just, just talk to her. It, it it's almost like Orko's just reminding, like, you know, it's okay to ask for help. Like, yeah. you don't need you don't need to do this. That's kind Which of a good message for anyone, yeah, really. Exactly. If you need help with something, don't. And if you're 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 suffering or whatever, and someone could help you or you know do something, ask. 
it it, it, it won't hurt to ask. It might hurt yeah. your pride a little bit, but ask. And in this instance, you're you're trying to rebuild your equivalent of champion heaven. So uh, yeah. <laughs> It's a little bit of an ask. That's yeah, a little bit, but you know, probably something. So probably good to get some extra knowledge you might not have that you know your mom does at this point. Yeah, yeah, she might have that experience. But uh, we uh, cut back to Gray Skull. Uh, sorry, back to the palace, I should say. Um, and a uh, nice crossfade from upset-looking Tila to an upset-looking Adam. Yeah, really enjoyed this. Um, and uh, Randor basically says his last words in these moments. Um, oh, wait, no, I skipped ahead of scene. I'm so sorry. Uh, but he just said uh, he is saying his heartfelt goodbyes. You know, just uh, saying how much he enjoyed, uh, you know, the, his whole family, which kind of doesn't track with how he treated his son all those years. <laughs> Well, I mean, before he just thought his son was a loser, but then yep. all of a sudden his son turned out to be He-Man, the most powerful person in the universe. He's like, oh, I like my kid now. That'd be great if uh, if he was just like, uh, oh, before I knew you were the champion, I was always so disappointed in such having such a lazy layabout son. But now <laughs> that I know you're a big buff hunk, I could die happy. <laughs> You're finally worthwhile, and you are now my son. What? What was yeah. I before? Don't ask. This is a touching moment. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you're not thinking about it too hard, it is a very, like, it's just played very well. It is, like, a really sad, uh, you know, him, him starting to say his goodbyes. It's, it's very it's very sad. Um, but we're cutting back and forth between Grayskull and the palace, and... Uh, we cut back to Grayskull, uh, and uh, Tila does indeed go and uh, talk to the spirit of her mom. And uh, her mom sets out the stakes. The, the previous sorceress sets out the stakes, saying that she is trying to create Preternia with uh, just the power of Zor. Uh, but, she, but Preternia wasn't made from just Zor, um... Uh, in it, when it was initially created, it needs the power of three gods, all three gods of Eternia, mm -hmm. um, which means she also needs to have the assistance of the Avatar of Havoc and Ka. Uh, I assume that she needs to contact like the sorceress equivalent for these gods. Uh, she's just sorceress in this moment just shows three different staffs and doesn't really spell out necessarily what the quest is but i'm guessing they're gonna have to like get the sorcerer team back together including i assume because they show the havoc staff and talk about the god havoc uh i assume like part of this will be getting skeletor back to embracing magic again it's kind of what i'm thinking by that this is foreshadowing i'm thinking so too um it's it's a lovely bit of world building um, because now we're, we're getting both like, you know, havoc and we're getting like the snake, you know, like the snake men, you know, like that's going to be really cool to get like that equivalent stuff kind of snuck in here as well. Yeah. I, I'm feeling that this is the, the, the need to either reform Skeletor or maybe Skeletor is being Skeletor in this anyway, where he's, he's pretending to have 
uh, drunk the proverbial Hordak aid. Um, but yeah. you know, he's just trying to figure out how to be rid of this once and for all, maybe. Uh, I, I have a feeling that that's sort of an angle because Skeletor, if anything we know, is very duplicitous. Um, it's true. You never can tell what Skeletor's gonna do. Yep. Uh, uh huh. No, I was gonna say, but I really, again, I really enjoyed this world building, and it's nice to, to, to see that there. It wasn't just like, yeah, no, like the. There's there's more to this universe than just like uh, the things that were even shared in the last, you know, last season. Yeah, I I, I agree. I thought that part was very cool. I really yeah enjoyed like expanding the, the mythology in that way. Um, and we also have like much like a quest you might get in an RPG, we have our first marker, our first quest quest marker. Uh, Tila has to visit the land of dark smoke. Uh, in order to find the secrets of snake magic from the worshippers of Ka. Yeah, I thought they said dank smoke originally. <laughs> oh, man. First, you're going to have to take a trip to dank smoke. Oh, man. It's going to be tough to leave there. Man, they're going to get Taco Bell, and you're never going to want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't wrong. Ain't wrong. Um. So this is where the crossfade I was talking about happens back to uh, uh, an upset Adam and, and where Randor re- really lays out the stakes. Uh, not only does he want to die, <laughs> yeah. he will not, he will not uh, accept any sort of offer of help because, again, much like we talked about earlier, uh, Adam's kind of upset that, he, that his dad would keep the fact that he was so sick uh, from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his dad is just like, and Randor is just like, hey, I know you try to do everything in your power to save me, but don't, because I want to die. Yeah. Um, <sighs> and he, he lays out the stakes. He says that, you know, he he's, knows he's going to die, and he wants, um, he wants Adam to take up the crown and become king, but he says, you know, you have to choose. You can't, ju- you can't be Adam, Prince Adam, or King Adam in this case and he-man so are you gonna rule as adam or he-man you have to make a choice i in that moment you've heard me i was incredulous i think you could do both like he-man's done a lot of really amazing stuff over the years i think he-man could probably pull it off but this is what you know randor thinks yeah i mean randor isn't a very you know he he, he's got a, a a singular focus on this and you know he's always he's been king for so long um you, you know, he's lost most of his family initially, including his brother. You know, he, he chimes in on that. But then, yeah, like, that's a real, that's a real sort of like foreshadowing moment right there where they're like, I've lost a brother. And they make sure to cut back to Adam and Marlena. Is that, wait, Queen Marlena? Yeah. Am I getting that right? Great. Yeah, Marlena. My memory isn't as bad as it, uh, as maybe I thought. But, uh, and they share like a knowing glance between each other. Uh, and then they kind of the, the speech kind of continues on at pace without re you know circling back to that, but it is definitely like brother, yeah, <laughs> like what, and uh, sister, very much that moment. Yeah, it was, it's like well, if you're not going to join us, uh, we'll get this one. Yay! Um, mm-hmm. I will say that Queen Marlena is voiced by Gates McFadden this time around versus Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, uh, interesting. Another bit of uh, updated casting. Yeah, again, I don't know if this was uh, scheduling conflicts or something else, but uh, it 
it, 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 it felt lockstep. It, it, again, didn't really feel like out of place. I didn't really yeah, notice Yeah, it's clear that both uh, Melissa Benoist and Gates McFadden are doing something different with their performances, but it still captures the soul of the character, I think, in a good way. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's not always nice to hear Dr. Crusher again, even though if uh, this scene, Dr. Crushed My Dreams. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, we're not, this isn't sort of like Randor is sick and like we have to find a cure. No, he dies in this scene. Yeah, there, 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 there's no like uh, whatever that disease uh, Alfred had in Batman and Robin. This isn't like good news. We, 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 we solved it. We got uh, Mr. Freeze and he fixed it. No, no, he just straight died. Yeah. I was like, I didn't need to see that. No. And, you know? uh, goes out on a very sad note and we crossfade to Adam in funeral attire. Again, not a thing that I ever thought I would see on a, a He-Man cartoon, but I am very much looking forward to buying funeral clothing Adam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when that variant comes out. Yeah, I really did enjoy this Prince Adam Atreides outfit he had on. It was really <laughs> cool. And looked really good. Nice gold piping. It, yeah, no, I was, you know, you're not expecting to see anyone lying in state and <laughs> any of that stuff in your He-Man. You're expecting a diamond rays of disappearance, power mask, not yep. King Randor in a in a in a glass coffin being yep. uh, viewed at state. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I do have to uh, give a shout out to the uh, the animation team. Not only has this uh, episode looked incredible, really just really beautiful cartoon, uh, but this uh, when they do this digital crane shot over the uh, railing of the balcony, looking down onto the glass coffin that uh, contains uh, Randor, I thought it was just really beautiful. And actually, this entire moment, they like really, they have these like still moments where they're just resting on a shot, and you know, like a little wind whips through all the flower arrangements that have been. Um, that have been assembled for the the fallen king. It is like appropriately solemn and reverential in a way that I is hard to pull off in a, in a cartoon. Um, but I you know I really loved it. And uh, we go from that to Adam struggling to give his his uh, speech uh, at his his father's you know uh, m- memorial. But really, um, sort of. Uh, transitioning into what i've heard recommend like this is how the best way probably to do a a a memorial speech um or a eulogy i should say uh is to to tell an anecdote that is has personal meaning to you and and adam does uh, uh, about uh billow bikes and how randor built him a billow bike from scratch that he never rode because he was a shitty little kid <laughs> He's like, I wanted a real one. Yeah. Yeah. I would never ride this handmade piece of garbage. But if only he could now, he would give anything. Yeah, you know, you're lamenting at the, you know, lost moments. Sometimes people, you know, miss out on those things. And it's some. sometimes it's the smallest things that mean the most. And you, know, you can definitely see that impacting Prince Adam. Also, you know, like we, we talked about a little bit as we were watching it. But it was like. We never really saw like Prince Adam in like King school, you know, like he, there's no point was he like learning how to do this because most of the time he's busy saving attorney as he man. So it's going to be really interesting to kind of have this, uh, other complication of 
running a kingdom while also being the most powerful man in the universe. Yeah. Yeah, definitely getting at to some of that uh, the push and pull that Randor was mentioning before. Um, but Prince Adam's just like, hey, Al, you know what? I regret to say I'll never be as good of a king as my father. And then some, a heckler in the crowd just shouts out, then don't take the crown. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and everyone's like, <gasps> everyone's like aghast at who who could be so rude in the middle of a funeral. Uh, and a very familiar uh, voice shouts out that, he is the the true heir to the throne, the rightful king who should be sitting up there. And it is dun dun dun. Who is this rope figure? It's Keldor. Now, you might be saying to yourself, who the heck is Keldor? Uh well yeah, in some versions of the story, that's Skeletor. Not in this one, though, I guess. <laughs> Or maybe maybe it is. Uh, who knows? It's true. It, it could be a trick. Um, but uh, this version of Keldor played by William Shatner. Yeah. And uh, we definitely know it was William Shatner immediately. Because uh, you can tell by the voice, obviously. But I, I remember when we heard that he was um, casted in this, uh, in Revolution. You know, everyone was under the impression he was going to be Hordak. Yeah. And nope, this this was a twist. I was not expecting him to voice Keldor. I, I, I didn't realize it until after we watched it, and then I could finally, you know, comfortably look at the IMDb. You know, I didn't want to spoil anything and see, oh, shit, this is a split. Who who, who knew? What's going on with this? I, I Like, I don't know how this is going to be playing, to be honest. Yeah. And so we now, the, the coronation of Prince Adam will have to wait because there is a challenger to the throne, and we cut to black. That's the end of the first episode, and the credits roll. What a twist. What a twist. Yeah, that was, I was not expecting that at all. Like, So, I, John, I, yeah. No, go ahead. Please go continue ahead. your thought. I, my thought was this was a, a roller coaster of an episode. I, um, yeah, I was not expecting a, a, a death like this in the first one, Said I thought this this feels like a a mid season death type of thing that shakes up everything, but nope, they're 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 just jumping right into it. And yeah, I don't know how Keldor is going to play into this, or you know, again, what trickery is going to go on here if there's any. And yeah, is Keldor and Skeletor two separate people at least in this in in this universe versus how it was in the um, 2000X series where Keldor was Skeletor. Uh, but still Randor's brother. So this is going to be real. This will be really interesting. Do you think that Skeletor is Keldor's son? Oh. And, and that it'll reveal that He-Man and Skeletor are cousins. Oh, Lord. I hope not. <laughs> like, I mean. It, it will be weird if there is another blue guy. <laughs> He's not related to Skeletor at all. Yeah, like, I mean, we don't get too many blue dudes or blue people. And when we do, they all just always seem to be like, it's either, yeah, Skeletor or Keldor. I don't know. Like, I mean, that's um, wow. That's a, that's a take. Uh, I mean, I there hope were... not. Uh, also, Skeletor just always, to me, even... 
even in the original series, you know, like Adam was a kid. He man looks like a dude, but like Skeletor always seemed older, like he did, w- yeah. way older than like even Randor. Like he just, you know, cause he, he's such a skilled, uh, magician and like practitioner of magic. It just seems like you would be spending decades to get as powerful as he was with that stuff. So like, it'd be really weird if they were, you know, Keldor is, is, uh, uh Skeletor's father. Then like, how old is Skeletor? Like 30? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, like well, when you have a skull for a face, it really puts a couple of years on you. I mean, it's true. It's true. It's really hard. But you to see tell. that body though. I mean, dude's jacked. Yeah. That's a body of like somewhat maybe under 30. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And definitely on all the best, uh, human growth. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's all, he's all jacked up on creatine yeah, yeah. and HGH. Oh yeah, his yeah. vascularity is un, un, unmatched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's like zero point five percent body fat, e- yeah. even with the Tetsuo arm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, I enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed the stakes that they're setting up for this second, uh, for this third series, I should say. I always think of the two original blocks as one season, kind of that are just separated, yeah. but that's not how they number it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. A little disappointed we're not going to get like the uh, a little more, as you're saying, like a little more of like just seeing Tila and He Man in just doing, you know, day to day Eternia adventures uh, before we get into the big myth arc um, uh, for this uh, for this third series, but. Uh, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm interested. I'm here for it. I, like the, all the performances again are are drawing me in. The the cartoon itself is lush, and um and like just the right amount of balance of uh, nostalgia and new stuff. And so uh, I'm here for it. I'm real real excited to see where it goes. I, I realized like we were, while we were talking about the potential twists and turns that the series might take, there are probably people who are listening to this who have seen all of them and are very much like. Just smacking their heads like, oh, do you think that? What the heck? Well, we know we just don't know yet. Yeah, we don't have the hindsight you technically all do. That's true. But uh, next time on Dear Skeletor, we're going to be watching an episode called Ascension. A flashback sheds light on Adam's family history as he weighs a difficult decision. And Tila begins an important quest. A strange virus grips Eternos. Mm. Oh, okay. Uh, well, that is the uh, that is the summary for next episode. Um, but uh, yeah, that's gonna do it for us for this episode. But before we say goodbye for this week, we'd like to thank Burton M Six for our theme song. If you're interested in having him make a piece of music for you, check the show notes for the link to his Fiverr page. Also check the show notes just in general for all our socials. But until next time, be kind to each other, because when it comes to making the world a better place for everyone, you have the power! (laughs) 
to all my people if you're into He-Man. The Skeletor, the unofficial Revelations companion. It's more than a cartoon, I'm here to let you know. Masters of the universe, Revelations, for sure. We breaking down the episodes, this is what you need in. Before He-Man, grab somebody and start eating. From Evil in Clamp Champ, Tila and the Man of Arms. They have the power, so come and join the squad. Yeah, dear Skeletor, the unofficial Revelations companion. Let's go.